Welcome, everybody. Episode number three of the Jackson, Michigan Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Rice. We have a week three high school football preview coming up. We'll look at the must-see games. I'll make my picks for all the must-see games. And we'll talk about upcoming week two of the NFL season. That and lots more coming up on the Jackson, Michigan Sports Podcast. But first, before we start, let's look at our first sponsorship of today's episode. Today's main sponsor of episode number three of the Jackson, Michigan Sports Podcast is brought to you by Station at Social Radio. Download the iPhone and iPad app today. Accept live radio online, must need Apple Music subscription or Spotify Premium. Take live callers, chat with your friends. I'm not sure what you want to do on Station Ed, but it's a revolutionary app dedicated to independent music artists. Again, thank you to Station Ed Social Radio. Download the app today on iPhone and iPad to broadcast and create your own online radio station. Why aren't you on? It's revolutionary. Get on air today with Station Ed Social Radio. Now, let's start the episode. All right, so let's look at must-see games. Thank you to Josh Van Dyke for letting me use his articles all season long for the Jackson area. Must see games for week three, and I'll make my picks. We'll start out with the game I'll be at tomorrow night, Northwest 1-1, 1-0 in their conference. Got their first conference win for the first time in six years, and they were a member of the Capital Area Activities Conference then. So technically, it's their first ever win being part of the I-8 Conference, 1-1 Northwest Mounties at the Western Panthers, who are also... 1-1. One one. They're 0-1 in conference play. It's a tale of different emotions for these two rivals, as the Northwest Mounties are coming off a huge 21-14 road win over Battle Creek Penfield, and the Western Panthers coming off a disheartening 22-7 loss at Lumen Christie. Now, Western's usually a good team, but it's just whenever they play Lumen, they play like the Detroit Lions. Not very good. Inconsistency has been the biggest problem for Western, as their offense hasn't found its rhythm yet this season. Their opening drive of the season against Whitehall and their two-minute drill at the end of the first half against Lumen were glimpses of what this unit is capable of, but flashes in in the pan won't win you a conference title. Uh, The Western Panther defense has been stout all season, but without much offense production behind them, they eventually wore down against the Titans' powerful rushing attack, and they didn't pass much last week against Lumen Christie. Tyler Pape only 4 for 9 passing. Northwest has found some offensive production early on this fall, scoring 76 points through two games after only scoring 157 points the entire 2018 season. How will the Mountie offense fare against their toughest defense challenge yet? I expect both offenses to find some success in the first half, but I think Western, uh, I think they'll create a few turnovers, and I think they'll put this game away late third, early fourth quarter. Give me Western, 38, Northwest, 28. Next, we have ranked number four in the Jackson area, Lumen Christie versus number seven, Coldwater. Uh, Lumen Christie, 2-0. Coldwater, 2-0. Uh, the Titans rushed for nearly 350 yards against Western last week, fueled by Walker Plates. 258 yards alone and three rushing touchdowns. With the offensive line showing steady improvement each week and the senior quarterback, Brendan Wilson, growing into his role, the Lumen Christie offense appears to be rounding into good form. Last week, they didn't have very much passing either. Uh, Lumen Christie, of course, you saw 31 carries, 258 yards, three rushing touchdowns for Walker Plate. The number four ranked Titans will face a tough test against Coldwater this week as the Cardinals come into town ranked seventh in the, in the Division three rankings. Coldwater defeated Hazlitt 47-30 and Hastings 39-6 to 
and have the size, speed, and experience to be a contender in the I-8 conference race if Lumen Christie doesn't have big games against struggling teams later in the season to pull the conference away and win it again. However, in my opinion, I have a difficult time seeing anyone putting up consistent stats and numbers against Lumen Christie defense that has only allowed 19 points all season long. Of course, 12 Kalamazoo United and 7 Western last week. The Cardinals of Coldwater will push Lumen Christie early, but I'll take the home team Lumen on their homecoming night, get the job done, and push their I-8 conference win streak to 14 games in a row. Give me Lumen Christie, 38, Coldwater, 11. Uh, Coming up next... Number 10, Columbia Central at unranked Ida. Uh, Columbia Central Golden Eagles open up Lenaway County Athletic Association, or LCAA play, with a road test at Ida in Week 3. Junior quarterback Ethan Emerson has already proven to be one of the better playmakers and better quarterbacks in the area in just two games under center, scoring nine total touchdowns. Will that continue in Week 3 against the Ida Blue Streaks? Ida only returns one starter on offense from last year's 8-3 Eight and three squad, which nearly upset Columbia Central, twenty-one to twenty. In my opinion, I don't expect Ethan Emerson to score five touchdowns every week, but I do expect Columbia Central to create enough separation on the scoreboard to force Ida to press the issue in the second half. And when that happens, Columbia Central defense should take care of the business and put the game away. Give me Columbia Central forty-two, Ida seventeen. Next. Hanover Horton, 1-1, and 1-0 in the Cascades, versus Addison, 1-1, also 1-0 in the Cascades. Hanover Horton Comets put together an impressive performance in Week 2, scoring a 32-7 win over Michigan Center. Senior tailback Trent Hochter rushed for 304 yards and four touchdowns to fuel the Hanover Horton offense, while the defense kept the Cardinals' offense at bay for the majority of the ballgame. Addison is coming off a 42-23 win over Manchester, in which Sam Lyro and Nathan Rodland each rushed for more than 100 yards, and Travis Whittaker and Frederick Bills each added a rushing score as well. Which offense will establish a good game? I'll take the Hanover-Horton Comets in an upset and a back-and-forth Cascades Conference clash. Give me a high-scoring game, Hanover-Horton 45, Addison 42 in overtime. Uh, coming up, a Big Eight battle: Homer one and one, zero and one in conference play versus Jonesville one and one, Jonesville one and zero in conference play. Uh, Jonesville bounced back from a Week One loss to Hillsdale with a thirty-six to seven win over the Concord Yellow Jackets last week in Week Two. Quarterback Jacob Lopresto nearly rushed for two hundred yards again. Excuse me, running back Jacob Lopresto nearly rushed for two hundred yards again as he continues to thrive as the primary ball carrier in the Comets' rushing attack. Homer is looking to bounce back after a 44-7 loss to defending Division 8 state champions 14-0 last year reading last week in a game that simply got away from the Homer Trojans, who went 3-6 last year, had lots of underclassmen and not a ton of experience on their team last year. They should have more this year, uh, but I think Homer will find some success, excuse me, success on the offense just in the first half, but it won't be enough to keep up with Lopresto and company on the road. Give me Jonesville. In a low-scoring game, 12-9. to No touchdowns will be scored, all field goals. And uh, let's look at my other predictions uh, f- for other games. Uh, Jackson High, 45, Ann Arbor-Huron, 3. That game I was talking to, actually, Josh Van Dyke from M Live. About this game, it's coming up. It's Pink Viking Week. They've been selling shirts all week. And Jackson High players will be wearing pink jerseys in honor of 
cancer awareness and all the players and coaches and players' parents or family members uh, who have been affected by cancer or any disease around that. Michigan Center, they've been struggling the past two weeks. Lost to Homer 18-0, lost to Hanover Horton 32-7. to They lost to two teams who struggled last year. But give me Michigan Center and a good scoring to low scoring game. Michigan Center 20, Vandercook 13. I think it'll be a dogfight till mid-fourth quarter, and then Michigan Center puts up a touchdown and put the game away. Grass Lake East Jackson, I'm not going to eat Grass Lake 52-6 to because I'm going to Grass Lake, but because East Jackson is East Jackson. Uh, Manchester Napoleon coming up. Uh, good stuff for you coming that way in that game. Manchester lost to a good Clinton team last week in Addison two weeks before. Can be Manchester in a low-scoring game. 17, Napoleon. 16, Napoleon, or excuse me, Manchester wins by one. And last one, Springport, 49, Bronson, 7. And vote for Jackson area must-see football game a week. Three readers have till 9 a.m. tomorrow, Friday, to vote for their favorite game on this week's Jackson area list of games. And coming up in the next segment, we'll also talk about the rankings and my reaction to that. And lots more coming up on the Jackson, Michigan Sports Podcast. You have a lot to say. Maybe you thought, I should start a podcast. Meet Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. It's a powerful mobile app and web tool that lets you record a podcast anywhere and distribute it everywhere. It's great whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out. And it's 100% free. You can record your show straight into Anchor on your phone, iPad, or the web using any mic you want. Record alone or with friends or co-hosts anywhere in the world. You can add background music and transitions. And your listeners can send you voice messages that you can incorporate right into your next episode. If you want to produce your show using another app, you can upload your own audio directly from web or mobile and still take advantage of Anchor's totally free podcast hosting. Once your podcast is ready to publish, Anchor can automatically distribute it to every major podcast platform. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, so your listeners can hear your show wherever they want. And on the web, you can see detailed analytics about how people are listening. Plus, you'll get a great-looking profile page where anyone can listen to your podcast or subscribe to it. And if you want to ask your audience to support your work, Anchor makes it easy to collect monthly payments from the people who love your podcast and want to see it grow. You really don't need a recording studio, expensive equipment, or a bunch of technical knowledge to deal with a podcast feed. Just get started and join the diverse community of podcasters already on Anchor. We can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, thank you to the folks over at Anchor.fm for that quick 95-second advertisement. Uh, and thank you to Anchor.fm for letting me host the podcast on here. Uh, we will, we're now available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We'll be available on Google Podcasts soon. And any Spotify, or excuse me, any podcast site or any online radio platform, it'll probably be on there. Stitcher, TuneIn, Simple Radio, whatever, it'll be on there. And uh, now we'll look at week three, Jackson Area High School football power rankings. The conference season always has a way of sorting things out. So week two of the high school football season, 
created some separation and some games and some teams that we know will be at the top and some teams that we know will be at the bottom. And surprises. It'll created some separation in league standings and statewide rankings. They also created some movement in the Jackson Area High School football power poll, Josh Van Dyke at MLive. Here's a look at the week three rankings. Honorable mention, Homer, one and one. They're unranked. Last week they were number eight. The Homer Trojans had a difficult time slowing down the Reading Rangers in week two, and the result was a lopsided 44 to 7 loss. The rest of the Big Eight conference schedule won't be nearly as daunting for Homer, and they should still be in the mix for a potential playoff berth if they can manage some more consistent offensive production. Up next, they have Jonesville, 1-1. One one. Number 10, Addison. They're 1-0 in the Cascades, 1-1 one one overall. Last week, they were unranked. The Panthers bounced back on a disappointing loss in their season opener to Britton-Deerfield, 28-16. And with an impressive win over Manchester on Friday by a score of 42 to 23, Addison found a winning combination in the ground game with Nathan Rodland, Sam Lauro, and Travis Whitaker. Quarterback Frederick Bills also showcased some playmaking ability as both a runner and a passer. The Panthers have a chance to win the next four games on their schedule and put themselves in a great position to qualify for the playoffs. Up next, at Hanover Horton, one and one overall, one and zero. In the Cascades. Next, number nine, Jonesville. They're one and one. They're one and zero oh in Big Eight conference play. Last week they were unranked. They jump up to number nine. The Comets' offense of Jonesville erupted for thirty-six points in a win over Concord in Week Two, thirty-six to seven. But it's the Jonesville defense that has been getting the job done lately. Despite a narrow loss, excuse me, loss to Hillsdale in Week One, eighteen to eight, the Comets have continually been holding teams below their averages on the scoreboard. If that continues, they'll be in the mix of the Big 8 Conference title heading into Week 7 and 8 against Springport and Reading. Up next, at Homer, 1-1. 1 0-1 in the Big 8 is who they play next. Number 8, Northwest. They are 1-1 one one overall, 1-0 one oh, Interstate 8. The Mounties recorded an emotional win at Battle Creek Penfield last week, 21-14 as the program celebrated its first league win in six years. Northwest is one overtime possession away from being 2-0 and and has shown it has the firepower on offense to keep up with any team on the schedule, especially sophomore quarterback Isaiah Grabowskis. They'll get a chance to make a statement in Week 3 as they travel to Western, who's 1-1, one one, who's coming off a 22-7 loss to Lumen Christie, and their defense, I hate to say the word sucked on here, but their defense sucked. They gave up 258 rushing yards to Walker Plates, Who's a great player, no doubt. 31 carries, 3 rushing touchdowns. Northwest up next at Western tomorrow night. We'll be at the game. Listen on the JTV.TV live audio stream. Number 7, Hillsdale. They're 2-0. and uh, It does not show a conference record. But last week they were number 7. They stay at number 7. The Hornets prove they have a talented offense and not just a dominant defense in Week 2. As they rolled Ionia by a score of 52-10. Hillsdale is outscoring their opponents 70-18 to so far this season, which bodies as well as they head into a difficult stretch of their Big 8 conference schedule. They'll be tested in Week 3 as they face an Erie Mason team that just put up 80 points against a bad team in Britain-Deerfield. Nope, up next, Hillsdale, 2-0 at Erie Mason, 2-0. Number 6, Springport, they're 2-0 overall, 1-0 in the Big 8. Last week, Springport was number 6. They stay at number 6, the Springport 
Spartans continue their impressive start to the season in a 48-14 win over Union City in Week 2. Behind the play of Race Spurbeck, Ryan Jonas, and quarterback Mitch Nutt, Springport has outscored their opponents 79-14 in the first two games. They'll likely add to that average when they head to Bronson 0-2 in Week 3. Bronson's also 0-1 in Big 8 play. We'll get to the top five. Western, the Panthers, last week they were number two. They dropped three spots. In my opinion, that's not a surprise. They just didn't play well. They're a really good team, but whenever they play Lumen, it's just they play like the Lions. I'm going to say it again. Not good. Go Pack, go. Anyways, the Western Panth- Panthers battled with Lumen Christie last week, but never found any offensive rhythm in a 22-7 loss. The Western defense continues to be the strength of the team so far this season, but they'll need more from their offense in order to get back in the interstate at conference race and qualify for the postseason. A week three matchup with rival Northwest will force the Panthers to put up points as the Mounties are averaging 38 points a game this season. Up next, Western versus Northwest. 1-1, 1-0 interstate at play. Number four, McGrath Lake Warriors, 2-0, 1-0 Cascades Conference play. Get a clap for that, even though I think they should be ranked a little higher, arguably three with Columbia Central. But anyway, let's look at what they have to say about Grass Lake. They were last week, they were ranked number five. They jumped up one spot after beating Stockbridge in week one, 58-12, and Vandercook Lake, 48-0 in their first two games. The Warriors have established themselves as the team to beat in the Cascades Conference this fall. While the schedule will only get tougher as the season moves along, quarterback, new quarterback actually, Carson Farley, Trent Holden, and the rest of the Grass Lake offense will be a difficult assignment for any team in the Cascades Conference to slow down. Wide receiver Braden Letha. Or his ACL, sprained his MCL. Hope he's doing okay. They play at East Jackson. Should be an easy victory for them. They're 0-2 so far. 0-1 in Cascades Conference 3. Or excuse me, Cascades Conference play. Let's move on to number 3. Columbia Central, the Golden Eagles. Last week, they were ranked number 4. They went up one spot. Much like Grass Lake, the Golden Eagles have shown no signs of slowing down after winning their respective league titles in 2018. Columbia Central rolled over Napoleon 54-7 in Week 1 and beat Leslie 32-2 in Week 2. They've scored 86 points this season and only given up 9. But the Lenawee County Athletic Association slate will prove to be a much more difficult task. Columbia Central will get their first road test in Week 3 against Ida and the Blue Streaks, who is coming off a 26-20 win over Lake Fenton. Look for junior quarterback Ethan Emerson to keep the Golden Eagles offense clicking on all cylinders. Tomorrow night. Up next, they have at Ida, who's one and one. Number two, Jackson High. They're two and zero. The two and zero in SEC White play. Last week they were number three. The defending SEC White champions have left off right where they started in 2018. The Vikings rolled, or excuse me, Adrian 46 to 14 in week two after a narrow win over Ypsilanti 30 to 24 in their season opener. Junior running back. Dorian Riley has broken onto the scene as one of the area's most explosive playmakers and has helped fuel the Jackson High Vikings offense. The Vikings should have no problem with Ann Arbor Huron, who's 1-1 one one in Week 1, or excuse me, Week 3, setting up for important games against Dexter and Chelsea in Weeks 4 and 5. Up next, Jackson High against Ann Arbor Huron, who's 1-1. One one. No surprise, number 1, Lewin Christie. The Titans got back to their smash-mouth football style in their impressive Week 2 win over Western, 22-7. Walker played 258 yards, three rushing touchdowns, 31 carries last week. Linebacker Brody Dalton anchors a stout defensive unit that has only given up 19 points through two difficult matchups this season. 
Cole Rutter comes down to town in week three, fresh off a 39-6 win over Hastings in their Interstate 8 Conference opener. It'll be another tough test for the Titans, but another week of improvement should be enough for them to keep their conference winning streak rolling to 14 straight games. Up next, homecoming tomorrow night, Lumen Christie at home against Coldwater, who's 2-0. There you go. There's your Jackson area rankings. And next, we'll look at State of Michigan. The Michigan's Associated Press High School Football Rankings for September 10th. Check out the top 10 rankings for each of the 8-11 man divisions and top 5 for the 8-man football division. That and a Week 2 NFL preview coming up next on the Jackson, Michigan Sports Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Jackson, Michigan Sports Podcast, episode number 3. So we've gone through the Week 3 preview. We made our picks. We looked at the Jackson area rankings. Now it's time to look at the Michigan Associated Press High School Football Rankings for September 10th. The latest AP High School Football Rankings for the state of Michigan have been released. Check out the top 10 rankings for each of the 8 11-man divisions and the top 5 for the 8-man. Or, excuse me, 8-player divisions. Uh, Division 1. Uh, any schools here that are Division One uh, from our Jackson area? It does not look like it. Let's go down to Division Two. Um, it still does not look like it. Uh, we'll go to Division Three. Um, it still does not look like it. Um, division Three, number six, Chelsea. They're two and zero. Coldwater. They're two and zero. They're in ring number seven. Mason, number tied for 10th. They're 2 0. Division four, is there anybody? No. Uh, division four, tie in ninth. No. Uh, let's go to division five. Um, we've only covered Montag once, and that was the championship game last year. Division five, Onstead um, is in there mentioned. Division six. Grass Lake is ranked number seven in the state. Congratulations to the Grass Lake Warriors. Columbus Central Golden Eagles, number 10. Division seven, Lumen Christie's number four. Puama, Westphalia, and Clinton are tied for second. Schoolcraft, five. Springport was mentioned as well. And Division eight, reading number one. There you go. There is your Michigan AP High School Football Rankings as of September 10th. Coming up next, we'll preview week two of the NFL season. Alrighty, episode number three, Jackson Michigan Sports Podcast. Week two NFL preview. First, we'll look at two clips. Uh, the first one's about 5.15, and the next one's about seven and a half minutes long. Uh, both Stephen A. Smith, first one's on the Stephen A. Smith Show, and the next one's on First Take, talking about the whole Antonio Brown fiasco, and I'll give my thoughts after. Now that I've had an additional day to reflect on the whole Antonio Brown fiasco. By the way, somebody informed me he blocked me on Instagram. I don't know what would make him think I would care about him. Damn, whether I'm blocked on Instagram or not. Not like I tried to Instagram him directly. You know, I post stuff on my social media pages, but that's about it. And I'm thinking about trying to post something on his page. But nevertheless... What I will tell you is this. 
Now that I've had an opportunity to reflect on it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you all a simple question. When you think about this, this season, this 2019 NFL season, particularly with the New England Patriots having acquired Antonio Brown, my simple question to all of you is, how do you feel about it as it pertains to parity in the National Football League? See, when Kevin Durant went to Golden State, people were in an uproar. Me too. I was the main one. I, I didn't even want to watch basketball that season because the balance of power so dramatically shifted. It made no sense. Nobody was going to be Golden State that year. Nobody. You had to literally wait for an injury to them because nothing else was going to knock them off. Well, a few years before that, Miami had LeBron and D-Wade and those boys. I didn't view that as the same. Even though that was kind of stacking the deck, there was still Boston there with Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Rondo. Indiana was on a come up. And more importantly than anything else, LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh had never played together. So to me, it was not the same as Kevin Durant already joining a juggernaut who were experienced in playing with one another, they just didn't have him. LeBron, D. Wade, and Bosh had to learn to play together, which explained why they lost to Dallas that first go-round when Dirk Nowitzki went ballistic on them. And somehow, some way, LeBron James imploded, and even Jason Terry was guarding them. Kevin Durant in the Golden State was different. But I remember everybody, myself included, being in an absolute uproar. My question is, how do we feel about that with the NFL? Because let me tell you something right now. Barring injury, there's nobody that's beating the New England Patriots. Y'all do understand that, right? There's nothing to talk about here. There's nobody that's beating the New England Patriots. I mean, there's just too much firepower. It's damn near unfair. And I remember when they were playing. See, the only thing, do you realize that right now, the only thing we have to hold on to, to hope for a competitive, parity-lading season, are the New York Giants. Now, for those of you who think that that statement means I must be on crack, please understand I'm talking about the New York Giants from 2007, 2011. I'm talking about these Giants. I'm saying the 2007 Giants, the 2011 Giants. But even that, we found ourselves hoping against hope that they would do something none of us believed they could do. But Michael Strahan and the crew thought they could get to Brady. And if they could get to Brady, they could change everything. And believe it or not, barring injury, that's all you can hope for. That's all you can hope for. And I thought about it because I said even that ain't good enough because I thought about Chicago doesn't need to blitz to get to the quarterback, but their offense is not good enough. But then I thought about how, well, Eli Manning, Mario Manningham, Plexico Burris, whomever, you know, their offense wasn't a juggernaut either. So maybe there is a chance. I just can't see it. I can't see Brady with Belichick having Antonio Brown with a, a healthy Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman. I just can't see how you're going to beat New England. James White, Sony Michelle, I mean, what the hell? I don't see how. I don't see. Uh, is, it, is it not? If we're going to talk about Antonio Brown, 
I guess my question to everybody would be, is it time to start talking about the New England Patriots in a fashion that asks the question, are they going undefeated this season? Are they going to pull it off? Because anybody can be beaten on any given Sunday. I'm just saying it. Theoretically speaking, this is a foregone conclusion. I don't see how anybody can beat these guys. I really don't. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. All right, that's the first clip from Stephen A. Smith. Let's listen to the second one next. All right, let's hear clip number two. This one's on Get Up. Mike Greenberg, Rex Ryan, Stephen A. Smith. Let's hear what he has to say again in another seven-minute clip. And Antonio Brown, this was unbelievable. What do you make of the entire thing? Well, what I make of it is that he's a disgrace. And there's no way to slice that. I can't excuse the kind of behavior that he has exhibited. It's absolutely, positively embarrassing. He should be ashamed of himself. His family should be ashamed of him. His friends should be ashamed of him. And nobody should condone this kind of behavior. Because when you look at it, you can talk about whether it was orchestrated or not or whatever. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. You forced your way out of Pittsburgh, even though a lot of people didn't like that. I was speaking to him at that particular moment in time. It was a business decision. Guaranteed money. It ran out. He wanted to go someplace else. But what was your excuse in Oakland? You got the guaranteed dollars you were looking for, A. B, the cryotherapy treatment that went wrong and made you have the ugliest feet on the planet that you decided to show to everybody as if we wanted to see that, okay? That had nothing to do with the Raiders. The helmet issue, not with just one grievance, but two grievances. That had nothing to do with the Raiders. The helmet that you couldn't discover, you couldn't find one to wear, even though they have 40 different options and over 2,000 players were in the NFL at the time because you had 89 dudes on the roster. Only one man was filing a grievance and threatening to retire. One man. Not Tom Brady, not Aaron Rodgers, nobody. Just Antonio Brown. And then, you know, you stand up. John Gruden, you go to Mike Mayock, you threaten to punch him in the face, you call him a cracker or whatever. Now, I am not a white individual, so y'all have to tell me what that means to y'all. But I know that as a black man, if you called me the N-word and you weren't black, we'd have a problem. So you reverse that. As a black man calling a white person a cracker, how are they supposed to take that? These are all the things that you did, and we're supposed to believe it was in an effort to walk away from $20 million in additional guarantees, because you were guaranteed 30, or actually 29.125 million since you got the $1 million signing mm-hmm. bonus once you signed on there. We're supposed to believe that the other $19.1 million, you walked away from all of that because you wanted to be in New England with structure and discipline and held accountable where you don't get the whole team planes, hostages, with everybody waiting for you. We're supposed to believe that you did all of that in Oakland for business purposes? No, you were incredibly, incredibly selfish um, in ways that nobody in NFL history, as I'm concerned, can point to in terms of, of being comparable that it is inexcusable. It is embarrassing. And, and I'm ashamed and I'm ashamed to, 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 to see what he has done. It's disgraceful. Mm. It's extraordinarily well said. So so then let me spin it forward here. And again, Stephen, 11 minutes from first take. What do you expect to happen now? We've been sitting here all morning long talking mm-hmm. about it. He goes to the most... Tr- I think I win the Super Bowl. That's what the hell I expect to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let, 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 let's 
let's not let's not lose sight of what's going to happen. I mean, I expect them to be the Super Bowl favorites. I and if you watch Kansas City's defense against Jacksonville, I mean, what are you gonna do? I, I can't look at the Steelers right now. They're like allergic to decency in Foxborough. I mean, that's how the Steelers are in Foxborough. So you don't have the Steelers, you don't have Kansas City because of their defense. All right, Jacksonville just lost Nick Foles probably for the season. Am I supposed to believe the Chargers or somebody in the AFC East? Maybe the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, as impressive as he looked yesterday. Am I supposed to believe he's going to be ready for that? No, they're going to the Super Bowl, and in all likelihood, they're probably going to win it. So he'll look like he won, but the bottom line is, is that, again, you decided you you were supposed to be leaving because you wanted to get your money and you want to be independent and do what you want to do. Well, you ain't going to get the same amount of money. And oh, by the way, you damn sure ain't going to do what you want to do in New England. Mm -hmm. For that reason, Dan, you're not convinced he's actually going to make it through the season in New England. No, I mean, for all the points that Stephen A. hit, and don't forget in Oakland, he used his teammates. He stood up there and apologized with the captains next to him. New England does not need him. They do not need him to hoist another trophy and raise another banner. And Bill and Tom Brady will not put up with him putting him because this is what happened in England, New England, or in Oakland. He put himself in front of the head coach, in front of the general manager, in front of the owner, and in front of the teammates. They will not allow that to happen in New England. So we have a guy that we have empirical data, time after time after time, of doing all that stuff that is completely contrary to New England. I just don't, New England is not going to mold around him. He has to mold around them. I'm curious, Rex, you were a head coach, and you said already you would have a tough time bringing him in. But if you were the coach of this team and he walks in, he he sits down in your office, what's the first thing you say to him right now? Well, first off, I'm going to, I don't believe one thing he says to me face-to-face. I think he's a phony. He proved that. I mean, look what he said to his teammates in Oakland when when he goes, hey, guys, you know, I'm going to hold you guys accountable. In fact, I'm going to fine you if you don't do it. Really? How about you start with yourself? And then then that, that apology got very emotional. Oh, my God. What, what is wrong with this guy? But I do know one thing. The guy would have zero respect for me. He had zero respect for Mike Tomlin. The only guy in the history of the game could he have some respect for would be Bill Belichick. Because you know what? He's the greatest of all time. You're playing with the greatest football player of all time in Tom Brady. So if it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen right now. It's interesting, though. There's several guys that I know that have have played for the New England Patriots or coached with the Patriots. Not one of them thinks he's going to last. I'm not into the like or dislike kind of thing. Like me personally, I don't give a damn who likes me or who doesn't. But you know what? Respect comes first from trustworthiness. Whoever you are. Somebody needs to be able to trust you. I don't care if it's a friend, if it's a foe, Mm -hmm. if it's an employer. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, can I look at you and say, you're trustworthy. You cannot say that about Mm -hmm. Antonio Brown. He has lied. He has been duplicitous. He has been phony, as you pointed out. I mean, Randy Moss and others, I watched y'all. You did a great job, NFL NFL Countdown, yesterday. Uh, and Randy Moss was, was very, very kind to him because Randy Moss would know. Um, and and what, what I think about things that he's been subjected to, I think about things that Terrell Owens has been subjected to and others. And one of the proudest moments was yesterday when Teddy Bruschi stepped in and he said, stop this right now. I played with this man. Randy Morris was to his left. I played with this man. We were on the same team together. Didn't get the job done against the Giants. Went 18-0, went to the Super Bowl. He said, but you were nothing 
like Antonio Brown. Oh. And that's important to mm. point out. Everyone, thank you for watching ESPN on YouTube. For more sports, more analysis, download the ESPN app. And for live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. We'll see you there. All right, so there were the two clips from Stephen A. and the Stephen A. Smith show. And get up. Uh, Stephen A. Smith said that Antonio Brown was a disgrace after his whole fiasco, leaving Oakland, getting picked up by New England. And yes, they do plan on playing him, despite his allegations with law enforcement and the whole fiasco and back-and-forth talk with Mike Mayock, the Raiders' general manager. Uh, other games we forgot to mention coming up on Sunday. Uh, we'll look at all the rest of the 1 o'clock games. We have uh, Jacksonville at Houston, the Vikings at the Packers, Chargers at the Lions, uh, the 49ers at the Bengals, Cardinals at the Ravens. I'll look at the 4 o'clock games. We have the Chiefs at the Raiders, Saints at the Rams, uh, NFC Championship game rematch. This time it's in L.A. Uh, coming up at 425, Bears at the Broncos. Sunday night football, Eagles at the Falcons. That was a Super Bowl, or excuse me, NFC playoff matchup from a couple years ago, Sunday night football. Monday night football, the Browns lost 43-13 to against the Titans. They play at the New York Jets with star running back Le'Veon Bell. They still lost Monday night. That's on ESPN. Coming up, we'll have your outro. And there was your NFL Week 2 preview. All right, so thank you to all of our friends at Station at Social Radio, Anchor.fm, your number one podcast hosting site, and everyone who listens. Episode number three, Jackson, Michigan Sports Podcast. That'll be it. We covered high school football Week 3 preview. I made my picks. We listened to the Stephen A. Smith show and get up two clips. We talked about the Antonio Brown fiasco and the Michigan State high school football rankings, all divisions. We got everything covered that I want to cover. Tomorrow night, Northwest at Western JTV.TV live audio stream. We'll see you later. This is David Rice wrapping it up, signing out. Thank you for listening to the Jackson, Michigan Sports Podcast, episode number three. There's a new logo. We're now available on iHeartRadio. Again, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. It'll take up one to two days before it's on every single podcast hosting site that you can think of. Thank you for listening to Jack's Michigan Sports Podcast. David Rice, we'll see you next time.